Welcome to Take a Wonder with Shebs, the show that features some of the biggest travel bloggers, TV and radio personalities and journalists from all around the world. Each show aims to take my guest on a wonder and uncover topics that may not be discussed on their platforms or in the media, whether that's the state of travel blogging and journalism as it is today, or whether there's enough diversity within the industry. Perhaps what impact technology and social media have had on content creation, or in general the impact of current affairs on the industry. I also try and find out the journey behind each individual's success, as this is more important to me than the actual travel. This episode aired on my YouTube channel on the 5th of October 2020, and it's with Raha Muharak. I spoke to her about why she wanted to conquer the Seventh Summit, and what it was like to do so being the first Saudi woman according to CNN. Hi Raha, thank you very much for being with us today. How are you? I'm good, thanks for having me. Whereabouts are you at the minute? So I'm in my parents' house in Saudi Arabia, my hometown. Uh, I usually live in Dubai, uh, but with everything that's happening, I decided to come home a few months ago just to see how things go. So I'm here now. How is it like going back to Saudi then? Um, it's Okay, so in general, uh, I don't stay in the same place for long in general, regardless of Saudi or Dubai or whatever. Uh, so it, it's been a, a really big shift and a difficult uh, lifestyle. Like it's been really tough. <laughs> to, and I'm not the type of person that just can sit and I'm, I'm happy with just sitting. I can't. I have to constantly think of plans and fix things and organize things. But after a few months of organizing and fixing, I'm like, okay, so what do I do now? <laughs> it's, it's been like a really, really hard mental and emotional like, roller coaster. But I try to do the best. I try to stay busy. I try to find things to do, uh, whether it's connecting with people or um, the, uh, honing new skills like uh, uh, practicing Spanish or going back to drawing. So I try really hard to, to not have the days like melt into each other. <laughs> Sometimes when I was talking to someone a couple of weeks ago and they were saying uh, they've been living in the States and then going back to their home country, it was a bit of a culture shock because even though you're from that country, sometimes you might not have forgotten, but it takes time to readjust, doesn't it? I think it's the living alone part. Like it's, if you live alone, um, going back to your parents' house can be a little bit tricky because you're so used to having your own space and, you, and you're always, you will always be the baby. It doesn't matter how long you've lived abroad. It doesn't matter how old you are. You will always be there, big. So it, it comes from love. Sometimes I'm like, oh, you know, they ask me, have you eaten? Or where are you going? And I'm like, I'm not used to people asking me this. But you know, yeah, that from love. So you, 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 you kind of deal with it. Um, the best thing about this, this whole terrible time, I must say, like the, the, the silver lining in this really unpredictable weird time is personally the time I've taken to spend with my family like the 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 biggest silver line out of a horrible the horrible situation we're in right now is for sure being able to sit and have a, a few few months with just like family time I, that never happened before I I can't remember the last time I stayed in a place for longer than 10 days I can't remember taking it back to your early early sort of um, education and stuff. So what did you want to become? What, what was your ambition in life when you were so growing up? I've always, I've always, when people ask me, when did you decide to, to, you know, to be an adventure or whatever, I, I, it was never a when. It was 
always there. Uh, I've, I've always grown up being very adventurous and very uh, bold and, you know, how I like to discover the world. I've always been like that. And I think it, as I grew, um, the confidence started to grow as well. The confidence in going out and discovering the world on my own also started to grow. So I, I, I went to an a, a average middle-class all-girls school in Saudi, just average, nothing, you know, very normal. Um, and then I went to university. I, I finished my, my bachelor's in graphic design. And then I worked in an agency. So very, very like nothing out of the ordinary. And then it was halfway through my, my last uh, couple of years in the agency where I decided that, okay, it's time to do something like really, really up for me and really um, uh, that feeds my, my, my adrenaline drive and my hunger to just go out and discover the world because I've always wanted to. I think my aspiration has always wanted, wanted to live that life of being like, I, I looked at the, character, the personalities in the, the Discovery Channel National Geographic that had adventure shows and I was always like, why died? This is such a cool job, you know. So this is, and I never imagined that can that can actually be my life, you know, going around country to country, experiencing different things, being a spokesperson to to. Brand. I never imagined it's such a strange um, uh, path. Uh, I ended up where I wanted to go without even uh, realizing it. It just, I I love that because it just goes to show that sometimes if if it's meant to be yours and if you put in the time and the passion, then you will f eventually find uh, the path to your, your, what you, what, you know, your destiny or whatever you believe in. If I said to myself growing up, you know, I wanted to conquer certain things like travel, um, but you might understand this. So coming from an Asian background, you know, you're from a Middle Eastern background, you're sometimes not pigeonholed, you're sort of right get a degree, get married, have kids. I call them the tiki, tiki boxes, the tiki boxes. Tiki bo exactly, the tiki box, and then have kids, and that's your life. And yeah. when you don't want that sort of life and you want a, a different route, you know, people might question you within yeah. your own culture. When you step outside the, the accepted uh, job list, you know, list of jobs that, you know, uh, you know, computer scientist, doctor, lawyer, you know, accountancy, business consulting, you know, finance. Like when you step outside of these margins, um, majority of culture and people uh, will deem you a failure or, or yeah. what are you doing with your It's deemed or not, not worthy. Not smart enough to, to do these subjects. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I've, I've heard this. I've heard whenever, when I. Uh, quit my job I love my job but I felt like I had something else to do and I quit my job and started doing my own thing I was told like you 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 know you'll never be able to make this happen you know what are you doing uh, you won't and this can never be a life you can it, you get these things you, it, yeah, yeah. It, it's kind of like a, a given in, in, in most cultures and I, I honestly just it's because I think it's because people do not like to think outside their own margin of belief of what is decent job, the decent life, the timeline, the timeline as well, the timeline. Oh my God, don't get me started on the timeline, the age timeline. Like there's, you have to be married this age. It's just like, you have to ticky boxes. And, it, and if you don't, then God forbid. You know? You've done the seven summits. Well, where did this idea come from then? 
you know, when I look back now, it's been a few years, I'm like, what was I thinking? But uh, it, it, there is, there is a, okay, there is a step-by-step to what happens because it's such a long story and I'll, I'll give you the abbreviated version. Um, I, I, when I started out trying to find uh, my adventure, it wasn't, I didn't think mountaineering, I didn't think mountaineering. I just was looking for something that was different, outdoorsy and adventure, like an adventure. I didn't know what it was. Um, it happened, I, I was, ha- I happened to be around people that talked about Kilimanjaro, which was the first mountain I did. And that's where the idea came to my mind. Kilimanjaro, what is that? It's interesting. Um, and then that little idea of wanting to go do my own thing slowly started to snowball into this huge idea of wanting to finish the seven summits. So it wasn't, it was, it wasn't like, okay, I woke up one day and decided to climb Everest. It was this gradual kind of like slow snowball, but it was unpredictable. And when I researched about mountaineering and climbing and training, I realized that the majority of climbs, the ones that were offered, the ones were the ones that were a better priced, were some of the seven summits because they're the ones that people go to the most. So I thought, hmm, since I'm going to go to these places, why not finish them all? Like, why not? Why not go to them all? And that's where the idea came. And um, it, it got solidified when I was actually on mountains and I was actually climbing and I actually experienced these things. It started to 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 become more of a a a, a purpose and a drive, uh, other than just an idea. It grew. It was really like a very small kind of concept. And yeah, uh, it, you know, what, just, your 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 sort of ambition and, and it sounds similar to mine because I've conquered the seven wonders of the world. So when I first did the which one old or new the 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 modern one because the the ancient ones there's only um, the pyramids yes so, so I think I've also finished them all I think I didn't realize that until I got to the Great Wall of China and then I'm like oh I my god I think I finished them all yeah well so, the, the, go on, you want to tell me about well, 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 well this is it you see so when I first did my first one uh, I think I was I was just about I think we're about the same age so I think I was just turning thirty. And um, I said to myself, when I reach, I don't know, 70 or 80, and I look back in life, I wanted to say to myself, what extraordinary feat did I achieve, apart from getting a degree, the basic stuff? And um, I thought, well, why not do something extraordinary and and complete all the seven wonders? You know, not many people in life. And I couldn't think of any people from the Asian uh, culture that's complete the seven wonders. And I'm very fortunate to live in the UK, being you know born and raised here. But um, I thought to myself, Let, let's try to do all seven of them. And then, and it became, a tw- I think it was like early 2018. I just wanted to do, I had like four left. I said to myself, I want to do four of them because I had lots of pressure. And I'm not married, by the way, but I kept having pressure from parents. Are you going to settle down? You know, and it, it became like a paranoia to me. Right, let, let's get this done before anything happens. And, you know, I managed to do it. And I've written my book on it, which comes out hopefully this month. You know, um, hopefully to inspire the next generation of, you know, people from the, the, my, my community. You know? so tell me, what, what, how, what did you start with? What are you, what's the... Uh, um, so I started off with Machu Picchu. And then whilst, Machu I was in, yeah, whilst, whilst I was in Machu Picchu, I was like, 
I loved it. I did it. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. So I thought, well, why not do the next one straight away? So like a month later, I went to the Great Wall of China. Amazing. That was my last one. Is that your last one? So Great Wall of China. And then with me, it's all about urges. So I didn't really have an urge for like another year. And then the Colosseum was the next one, the third one. And okay. then Petra was the fourth. Okay. And then, so which one have we got left? So you got Petra. Oh, Chichen Itza. I think that's right. Uh, Christ Redeemer. Chichen Itza. Yeah. Christ Redeemer. And then Taj Mahal. So I finished off with India with my last one. And India was... That's amazing. It was almost like amazing, you know. It was like saving the best for last. But um, it's hard when people ask me, what's your favourite? I can't really choose one because it's, you know, how can you choose? It's really hard, yeah. Very difficult. They all mean a lot to me. You know, I learned a lot, met so many people along the way. And I think that's the most important thing, meeting people along the way. And then you, you... as long as you're changing within yourself and taking it all in and putting it, you know, make, making yourself a, as a better person, that's what it's all, all about for me. So, um, so I mean, when, you, when you've done your seven summits, for example, you, you've also done the seven ones of the world, I, I assume as an individual, you think to yourself, wow, you know what, I've learned a lot in life now, so um, let's take it to... It really, I think travel, people really don't put as much emphasis on travel for us it, it came it came it, it manifested as seven summits and three seven wonders whatever the reason that the reason that drives you i think people don't put enough emphasis how much travel teaches you and how much travel uh enriches you and gives you layers Absolutely. as a human being and expands your mind and um uh it the, the, i think the best remedy for narrow-mindedness and uh, in many cases, uh, uh, ster- stereotyping and being aggressive or racist or whatever is travel. Because as soon as you travel, you learn to see other people's lives, and you you are forced to view them in different in different lights. Um, unless you are a completely terrible human being and you can't even see that. But you know, majority of of people, when you travel, you genuinely um, leave. Whether you like it or not, you genuinely live with a new layer of understanding and a new layer of, or a little bit of more of an expanded uh, worldview. And people don't realize that. They think travel is just a silly pastime or, or a vacation. But travel really teaches you a deeper, profound respect and uh, acceptance of others. And I truly believe that if people took this... Uh, in consideration when they travel would be way less uh, aggression out there. Do you know, in terms of, I said to you, there was a bit of, I, know, I won't say obstacles, you know, I was paranoid, maybe, you know, someone saying to me, you know, when are you going to settle down, all that sort of, did you, you had, um, you were quoted of saying that you, your biggest uh, challenge was to convince your parents when you were climbing some of these, yeah. um, just explain to people what you mean by that. So, there, there were mountains I had to climb before the actual physical mountains I got to, which are the cultural uh, points of view or cultural judgments when it comes to a woman doing things that are, quite frankly, not the most uh, <laughs> typical thing for a girl to do. So I had to really uh, win my parents over. I had to really uh, try to get my parents to accept um, 
my choice in life to be different and to be who I am, it wasn't easy. It was not easy at all because in the beginning, my parents were like, what do you think? What are you, what? What are you going to you gonna do? What? They were just like, what is this girl doing? And um, it took a, a, quite a, some time and a lot of discussion and a lot of uh, arguments with love. Uh, and I say it as is arguments with love, not arguments for the sake of winning arguments with love to discuss and to find a middle ground with my parents to reach a point of view uh, that was the middle ground. Now they are completely on my side and won them over, but I had to win them to the point where they, they at least understood that this is my choice and I want, I want to go climb these mountains. This is what I want to do. And if, if people are not ready to accept a Saudi woman climbing mountains, then it's time that they should accept the woman climbing mountains. I shouldn't wait for them to accept me. They should evolve to accept my choices. So it, it took quite a while for her culture. You know, some family members still this day think I'm absolutely insane. And some people till this day criticize and don't like the fact that I'm a Saudi woman doing these things. It's point of view. But in the end, I've become more accepted and celebrated as an athlete in Saudi uh, now more than I did when I started off. And that, that's a win for me. That, that just goes to show that there's an evolution and people have expanded their point of view and expanded their minds and according to cnn you're the first saudi woman yeah seven summits i mean that's an extraordinary feat to have and it's probably is it a bit of an honor to have isn't it it is it's an honor and i feel the weight of it i feel the weight of the responsibility because uh would you not say you're, you're paving the way for the next generation so i always say this because I, I, I got to the summit physically on my own, but I didn't get there on my own emotionally or mentally. Or It took a lot of years and a lot of people to sacrifice for me to, get, to be able to get to where I got. So I always say that the generation before me uh, knocked on the door. Our generation opened the door and the next generation need to go through it. So I, I, I'm honored to be able to have even a small hand uh, uh, or a small foothold note in the history of of women, Arab women or Saudi women in the evolution of, of the last couple of years. It's been incredible. So I do take it to heart and I do really think it's a huge responsibility that I never imagined that I would ever have. <laughs> but when people look up to you, you, you do, you do, you are held accountable for how you, 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 you use that, whether you want to say it's power or influence or whatever you want to say, you are responsible. And, uh, uh, side note, I, I also think that a lot of people um, who have a very strong social voice are not using it in, in the right way. They're, yeah. they, waste, they waste their, their millions of followers' uh, ears. They waste it on silly, uh, ridiculous, shallow things. And I think they, it's your responsibility. What you put out in the world is your responsibility. So I really think that um, people should be more accountable for, for, especially people, those of influence and those of power, should be more responsible, especially with new generation, because what you put out will, will dictate uh, what people, how people view, what it, whether it's a woman or, or w- w- whatever, whatever uh, group you belong to, you represent this, you represent your nationality, your gender, your religion, your background. So you should have more of a responsibility. I know exactly what you're saying there. And do you sometimes feel the pressure then? I feel pressure to conform or to fit. 
a specific ideal of what a woman should be. Um, and I don't think any human should fit in a box of ideals. I don't think any human being should fit in a single box because none of us are, are, are meant to fit in boxes, uh, proverbial boxes. We are all fluid. We are all uh, deep, layered, complex uh, creatures. And I don't think like a lot of people, oh, she shouldn't be so bold, she shouldn't be so... But who says so? Who says that the woman has to choose between her femininity and being a badass? Who says that you have to choose between these two things? I can climb a mountain, not shower for, for weeks to my mom's dismay. I can do that. I can, I can be a mountain goat, uh, you know, a absolute monster on the mountain. And then come back, take a shower, put heels on, and be the most feminine girl. No, I can. You can be both. You can be a mom with kids and a, you know a busy a, a busy schedule as a mom, and then you can be an amazing surgeon in the day or an architect or engineer in the day. I, I feel like a lot of cultures try to, you know, again section and boxes. And this this is the only pressure I feel that is heavy. Um, the other pressure, I, I take it and I'm honored. The pressure of being a role model, I'm honored to have it. But the pressure to conform and fit in that uh, is, is ridiculous. And then not to mention the other pressure of looking a specific way. That's a complete different okay. like, That's a complete different story. Like, the, the, the pressure, this, this is ridiculous as well. The pressure for, for uh, men as well, but it, it's, it's obviously a bit more harsh on women. The pressure to fit, to look, like what is in style now is insane. <laughs> you cannot, you you cannot go out and and enforce a beauty standard. It doesn't exist. How can like beauty is in the eye of the beholder? It's it's a, it, it's taste. It's a feeling. It's you can't go up and say, oh my god, you have because uh, I get this constantly. Oh, you have big hair. Oh, your nose is too big. Oh, you should make your lips bigger. Constantly on social media. And I, and I can't imagine how, how this would feel if it was a, a woman who does have major uh, imaging issues. It's so, it's so damaging and hurt, oh, hurtful yeah. and painful. So these are the pressures that I feel like I get that I think is I shouldn't feel this way. But the pressure, of, like I said, I'll take that any day. It's an honor. Well, I, I think from success, it, it can bring, obviously you're going to get your critics, you're going to get people going to follow you for because they love you and um but someone once told me that gave me the advice you know you know if you're constant you're always going to get praised but not necessarily have to deal with um the constant negativity try not to to listen to them you just ignore them of course like you shouldn't you should take it with a grain of salt but we are human and sometimes when you're down and you're not feeling your shield's not a hundred percent and then you get a silly stupid comment on a on a on a project you 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 know you worked your heart out to get this project done and you put on social and then you get some some stupid comment. Come on, we're human. I get this all the time. I I I work on really tough projects and then when I put it online I get some silly comments about my outfit or my stupid things like that. I always think people who do that, they're either either a bit jealous or don't really like seeing people succeed. You know, yeah. they progress in life and it's just, a, it's a passing comment, as I always say. It's not really anything important. And I think it's a reflection of the peace they have with themselves. 
uh, and the acceptance they have of themselves before anyone else. Like, you, by all means, you're entitled. I always tell people this. You have the right to think whatever you want to. You have the right to think. And if you're one of the very few handful of people that are close to me, you have the right to come and tell me. But you as a stranger, you as someone that does not have any, you know, input in, you have no right to come and spew your hate, and spew your, your negativity onto to my platform or to me or whatever. It's just, I don't get it. I don't get why people are like this. Once someone had the audacity of saying, if you accept people giving you praise, you should accept people, you know, giving you criticism. And I said, okay. If you accept people hugging you, you should accept people punching you. That's the same concept. <laughs> True on that. Like, let me know how you feel about that. It's just, it's ridiculous to think that they think just because people say nice things about you online or whatever, then you should take the... <laughs> you talk about some of your other achievement you've done. You know, uh, you've... Um, Emirates Woman of the Year. Yeah. You've worked with so many different brands. You know, I think recently you put out a post that you've done an advert with L'Oreal as well, L'Oreal. Yes, I did L'Oreal. That was a dream. Yes. So, I mean, uh, obviously it's led to so much success. Um, I, I'm assuming your parents are absolutely over, over the moon with what you've yeah, done now. Yeah, it's so funny. He, my dad even takes credit when he shouldn't. It's hilarious. When people ask him, he says, you know, she started climbing because I told her no. And, and everyone's like, but you told her no. He's like, exactly. I told her no. If I told her yes, maybe she wouldn't plan. But because I told her no, she was stubborn about it. He takes credit for it. It's hilarious. He even takes credit for that. Um, it's been amazing. And I am so honored and very lucky to be able to take my passion for sports and adventure and turn it into a career. Because if had I not gone to climb these mountains, I wouldn't have been recognized. I wouldn't have been known. I wouldn't have been able to sign these big brands. because. In, the, in this day and age, if you don't have a killer PR team and a lot of money to pay people to be famous, then you can't. And you, you, your voice, your, your talent, your voice, your message, and who you are will get lost in the shuffle with everybody else. So I'm so lucky to be able to turn my passion, in, in essence, um, into a, a career that uh, has led me to having a TV show. I had a TV show last year. I was supposed to, we we're supposed to shoot this year, but you know, this year has been a tough one, um, but it led me to to where I am. And uh, I always I always encourage people to go after the passion, not the paycheck. I mean, it's tough. It's really hard. But um, in the end of the day, you should do what you love. And I know I know it's a privilege, and I know it's not many not everybody can can do that. But uh, try to try to find the passion. Uh, project or anything in your life set aside an hour a day to to grow it because you never know that might lead you that that might be your 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 uh your crowning jewel in your life or your legacy and from all the projects that you've done in recent times would you have anything that sticks out i'm so lucky i've worked with some incredible brands over the years um uh, I worked with Lipton, I worked with Nike, Adidas, and, uh, uh, and Chevrolet, and so many. But I think the, my long-standing relationship with Tal Heuer um, is, is one of my favorite uh, you know, collabs. It, I've been with them for, for quite some time now. 
and they were they're one of the very early brands to to recognize me um really early on uh, Louis Vuitton and uh, Tag Heuer were one of the really early brands to give me a chance to to associate with them it helped my career obviously um but yeah I'm so fortunate really really blessed with the amount of projects and the amount of collaborations I've done um you, you wouldn't be able to do it otherwise like I said if you don't have a big PR budget okay. uh, unless te- teaming up with with these big brands that put you on a platform you wouldn't be you wouldn't be able to grow it's also important to stay grounded as well not think oh you've done it all and then that that can sometimes be a killer so when you're grounded I think it's really no, important to to have dreams but to also have other other drives in life other passions dreams are amazing and they are necessary but you also have to have other passions and other um drivers it's not you can't just have this dream and what happens if that dream doesn't happen then you you're broken so it's really important to have multiple things that kind of uh, shape your your uh, your drive, I guess. I can't think of another word, but yeah. Well, favorite places that you've been to? Have you, is there anything that any place that? Oh you've seen? God, that's tough. If if I ever had kids one day, I think that's going to be as equal as picking my favorite kid. People ask me, "What's your favorite mountain?" It's really tough to choose. Uh, favorite place is really hard to choose, but I'll give you. I'll explain to you what what constitutes cool. my my loca- dream locations. Okay, so. Uh, um, topographic beauty, which is the beauty that's natural. People, uh, food, and and culture. So these four things are the things that, if a country has these four things, then it's like ching, that's my favorite. There are some countries that are beautiful, but because the culture is maybe more difficult for foreigners, and it's difficult. There are some places who don't have really good food that. It's really hard, but there are some gems in this world that have these four golden things for me. Um, and I'm like, heaven. So it's really hard for me to choose. I've been to so many different places, so it's really hard to... to what, what about then Saudi Arabia itself? Uh, that's becoming quite a big spot for people to go to. I'm so, so happy. I'm so happy to see uh, the, 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 the beauty of Saudi Arabia being explored and being uh, shared with the world. Because for the longest time, it, it was private, not the most easy place to get to for multiple reasons. That's in the past. Now, the government has put a huge effort in uh, inviting guests from all over the world. And the first in it, people's initial reaction was, wow, this is Saudi. My reaction when I did my travel show last year, because it was about Saudi Arabia, was like, this is my hometown. It was such a big surprise for me. The amount of beautiful locations, whether it's mountains, sea, or, or agriculture, or just the desert beauty. It's incredible historic uh, sites like Al-Ula or, 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 uh, and, 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 and many, many places. I didn't know they were there. Like, I heard, but I never knew it was this beautiful. So it's been an incredible, like, unfortunately with COVID, what's happening now, the whole world tourism has been has become a has taken a huge hit but hopefully when things get better we'll be able to to invite and for people to come in and see it because it's really a it's a it's a gem it's a gem that hasn't been it's not flooded with so many people the locations are pristine uh not many places are in the world like this um that are uh that are big countries with easy access it's it's, it's really going to change the game in the region, I think, once things get up and running. And when would you say is the best time to visit Saudi Arabia? Timing Not summer. 
do not well <laughs> because I live between uh, UAE and Saudi Arabia. I mean, I love. I mean, they're both amazing. I don't like it in the summer. <laughs> it's just hot. I, I, prefer, yeah, yeah. I prefer now September, October, November, December, Jan, Feb. Amazing. I would say golden time would be October, uh, November. Yeah, because not. Then, I think it's the humidity that really. Yeah, so humidity gets comes. So September is a little bit better, but still humid. October, yeah. November are my two favorite months, and then December, January get a little bit chilly. Well, I I, I call it chilly, but when my European friends come, they're like, "This is summer." Um, it gets a little bit windy, a little bit colder, so that you know when people get don't take it the wrong. When I say it's chilly, and then they come with sweaters and they're sweating, uh, and then. March, April, it's really nice. By end of April, beginning of May, it gets a little bit humid again. But um, yeah, the amount of beauty here is just incredible. And the culture. We have such a, an awesome culture that is, uh, it really has not been, uh, especially Saudi, has not been discovered and experienced as well as it deserves. So, I mean, everybody's thinking that's about their culture, but uh, I'm really happy that it, it the push to, to, to share Saudi with the world has come from the top down. So it's such an amazing uh, uh, change in mentality and change in uh, uh, culture. Like people want more guests to come. It's really cool. Oh, brilliant. And when you're not doing anything and you're relaxing, any hobbies that people don't know about that you've got? Oh, people don't realize this because they think mountaineering. Uh, I'm an absolute beach bum. Like I love the beach. I adore the beach. If any moment I have, if I can, I'm barefoot on the beach with a volleyball. Like, I really, really love the beach. Um, uh, other quirky things, I collect vintage cameras. So I have a lot of, <laughs> a lot of vintage cameras. Uh, I try to buy one whenever I travel. Um, these are, I mean, these are like retro style, you know. No, I have, I have, you know, Rolex. I have uh, a Polaroids. I have... Um, oh, wow leather pullouts i have like really those leather ones that go and then you pull them out and then you go where did, that, where did that first come about then uh, my mother gave me a camera she gave me one little camera uh, a vintage camera when i was young and i think when i was in my teens and i just i loved it and i and i love pictures i love pictures so every family has that one person that collects all the videos and all the pictures and all the you know travel stuff that's me so i, I think documenting i think life's Life is such a beautiful journey, and there are so many moments that in, in, you should solidify with videos and stuff. But there are also moments where you should just enjoy it as it is. So I have these two fantastic uh, fields. But yeah, a lot of people don't know this about me that I, I really do love vintage cameras, and I, I, I I'm an old soul. So it's very quick. My car, my okay. car is thirty. My car is thirty years old. So I really do love old things. Oh wow! Anything vintage, I always say, is is timeless. Yeah. So it, it's awesome to have. I like I like I like contemporary. Like my my taste in furniture is contemporary. My my in my apartment, but it's contemporary. But you do find like a a, a vinyl player and a vinyl an, an old radio here and there. I do like a bit of um to mix and match. Any new developments or any other exciting news you've got just before I let you go? Oh God, yeah. It's been a it's been an interesting year. Everything has been like you know musical chairs moved around. Or um, I I had 
uh, lots of projects coming up this year, but they've been postponed, obviously, for different reasons. Uh, I can't disclose them, unfortunately. But the, the big dream, the big, uh, the two big dreams I have uh, is one to get my book published one day. I would really like because I, 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 I. Have you have you written the book? Have you? Yeah. So I, my my father kind of blackmailed me into promising him to write the book if he <laughs> sends me to. So I promised him I wrote the book. Uh, it's, it's a proposal and I've sent it. So hopefully I can get it published. The other really big dream is uh, I want to go to space. I've always dreamt of, Ooh, space. Of, of, of flying and going to space. So I've always dreamt of finding a way to get to space. Well, thank you very much for coming on, Raha. It's been Thanks for having me. Thank you very much. I really appreciate your time. And um, it's great to know. I mean, we've got some sim sort of similarities in terms of our pathways and stuff, but uh, it's always great to connect with people, um, especially from parts of the world where people don't expect people Definitely. to. Especially in this time, like disconnect physically, but connect with people if you can, like with, with, with all the means we have. We should connect more. Absolutely. And hopefully one day we, our paths will cross and we'll meet. Properly. If you're ever in Dubai or Saudi, please let me know. Once this whole thing gets, you know, sorted. I will be. Well, thank you very much again. My pleasure. You can follow my guests on all of their social media platforms. The details are in the description. That's it for Take a Wonder with Shebs. Don't forget to follow me on all of my social media platforms. Until next time, bye for now.